I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, mamas. How we birth our babies is important, but not the way that we're told. It is so much less important whether you have a cesarean or a natural childbirth, whether you were induced and needed an epidural, or whether you birthed in the bath at home. These details may feel important, but actually, Research shows us, and the experience of thousands of mummers have told me, that the most important thing about birthing your baby is how you feel about it. Did you feel empowered? Did you feel supported? Were you heard? Did you feel like your opinions, your hopes, your dreams were listened to? Were you educated with the choices you needed to make? really fundamentally did you feel like someone in that room was there for you you not the baby not the doctors you the reason this is important is because childbirth is one of the most significant rites of passage we can have as women and if we start our journey of motherhood disempowered frightened traumatized that is how we enter matrescence. My first birth was traumatic. I was unprepared in so many ways, as so many of us are going into that first birth. I know for sure it had a huge impact on that entry into motherhood. I started right from the beginning of motherhood with a sense of failure, with a sense of doubt, with a sense of, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to do this. Thankfully, thankfully, the next two births were very different. I had a phenomenal midwife. I educated myself. I did so much work to really begin to understand what birth was all about. And even though there were decisions that were made in both of those experiences that weren't ideal, they were my decisions. I felt heard and understood. I felt like I entered motherhood the second and third time, empowered. That's what we want for all mothers. This week's podcast episode is with a beautiful long-time friend of mine, Jerusha Sutton. Jerusha is a doula, a phenomenal birth photographer, 
also took the photos for me many times for my website and book, and also one of the filmmakers of a documentary that is gaining attention around the world called Birth Time. I just want to say right from the beginning, if you have any trauma or shame about your birth, please know that in the next 20 to 30 minutes, we talk about this and reassure you we're not here to say which type of birth is right or wrong. We're here to change the way you feel about it. So please listen with an open heart. And I am honoured to say that Mama Rising is supporting three screenings of birth time around Australia in the coming month. In Sydney, in Brisbane and in Melbourne. And that is because myself and the beautiful women that are now trained as Mama Rising facilitators and are just as passionate about this as I am, we want to get this message out here. It's part of what we're here to do, to change the way we support women becoming mothers. So if you are in Sydney, Brisbane or Melbourne, please check out the show notes and come to our screening to support this spectacular documentary and this movement to change the way we feel about birthing our babies in Australia. lovely to be on here Amy thank you for having me we have known each other for a while we have walked a rather random path to this moment you I don't even remember how I was introduced to you when I moved to Sydney but you did the photographs for my first website and the cover of my first book photographs I still use (laughs) that I absolutely adore we've been at events together around birthing and motherhood we you have. Took, you took photos of my sister. Like there's this weaving. <laughs> <laughs> there's a weaving of our stories, but now it's weaving back together again because of this phenomenal, and I really don't use that word lightly, phenomenal 
documentary that you have brought to the world with a number of other women called Birth Time. So first of all, I just want to say, wow, mm-hmm. congratulations. What a phenomenal contribution to make. How did this all start? Thank you. Thanks, love. It's, um, well, look, it started four and a half, nearly five years ago. Well, possibly before that. So Joe Hunter, who is a privately practicing midwife and a dear friend of mine, started working to we started working together maybe, I don't know, six or seven years ago. So I'm a doula and a birth photographer and videographer. And we started working together and became friends and started talking about films. And Joe, Joe, 11 years ago had hosted the Australian premiere of The Business of Being Born, which was, is a film made by uh, Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein about, uh, essentially about the American maternity system. And Ricky came out and Joe hosted the premiere of it in Australia. And she was really excited about it. And a lot of people loved it, but said, but that, that's what happens in America. And Joe thought this, no, it doesn't. This, this is what's happening here. It might be slightly different, but we're on the same path. And so from that point, she had, she had this kernel of an idea to make an Australian documentary based on our maternity system. Anyway, so a few years down the track, Joe and I became close and we started talking about it and we spoke with a few people. And then it, it just seemed that between the two of us, we didn't quite have enough knowledge and know-how and you know contacts to kind of make that happen we had we had the knowledge of you know the system and the industry and the people we just it was more the film side of things so anyway fast forward then to uh may 2016 uh zoe naylor who's an actress um and her partner aaron jeffrey they booked joe to be their home birth midwife and booked me to be their doula and birth videographer and it was Zoe's second baby she'd had her first baby in what on paper looked like a very straightforward um, birth center birth Um, but uh, when she then went through the care of Joe had a home birth with her second baby Bo at home with Joe and I supporting her she came out the other side feeling just absolutely incredible and she couldn't believe how different she felt from the care that she'd had in that birth compared to the, the, the care that she'd had in her first birth. And re- on reflection, she looked back to her first birth and realised that she had come out of it with postnatal depression. She'd come out of it feeling lost and alone and not really knowing what had happened to her. And we then talked to her about our idea of this documentary and we showed her the business of being born and she just said I'm in we're doing it let's go and and literally that that was that was the sprouting of the seed just and it went from there so that was May 2016 we gathered equipment we bought equipment we taught ourselves we had absolutely no money to put towards it so we had to learn everything ourselves so we bought sound and lighting I had cameras and we just started and we started with the beautiful Hannah Darlin. Um, I was pregnant with my first baby at the time and we started with Hannah Darlin and um, as a, in a stroke of, well, what we would now call Madam Birth Time brilliance, 
<laughs> she is our she is our guiding light. Um, Hannah Darling was organising the Normal Labour and Birth Conference, which travels around the world, and it happened to be on in Sydney two weeks after we interviewed her. And she said, "I will give you access to anyone at that conference." And so Joe and I had tickets to the conference. We didn't end up seeing any of the conference at all because we sat in a room up in the conference venue and had a private audience with all of the keynote speakers from all over the world. And then we suddenly had, you know, I don't know, maybe eight interviews under our belt and we were away. So that was the week before I gave birth to Rudy. So that was um, October 2016. Um, and so that's how it all really started. And it just went from there. And it, it's been one of those projects that's just flown. It's just, it's guided us along the way. We haven't had to drive it. The people that we needed to interview have just effortlessly come to us. And no one has said no. And it's just been this amazing um, creation that has unfolded in front of us. But that's how it happens when it's meant to be. Exactly. I call it Madam Birth Time, that mm. it does get its own energy. I feel the same way about my work at times. Right back from the beginning, though, did you know where it was going to go? Did you have a clear conclusion you wanted to make? And how and if that changed over the time? We, we didn't have a plan for it at all. We knew, we knew at the key of it, the, the question we we created from the beginning and asked everyone we interviewed was what would it take for women to emerge from their births feeling physically well and emotionally safe so we knew that you know we know that that old story that everyone gets told all that matters is a healthy baby it doesn't matter about the journey all that matters is the outcome of having a healthy baby and the onus is always on the health of the baby which of course of course is you know, so important, but to discredit the, the emotional and physical outcomes of the mother is very, very careless. And we knew when we lined that up with, for example, Zoe's story of, you know, coming out of her birth and she was well and her baby was well, but she wasn't doing so great emotionally, mentally, psychologically, you know, that, that was the difference. And, and we knew, and she knew, she, she was astounded by the difference in the care of having one-to-one -one midwifery care throughout her whole pregnancy, birth and postnatal period. And so we essentially knew that this was the answer because all of the studies lead to that. All of the studies say one-to-one -one midwifery care right throughout the journey brings better outcomes for mothers and babies. So that was our underlying drive through the whole thing. And, you know, so we formulated that question to ask people what contributing factors fed into this. So we had absolutely no plan for how the documentary would look in the end, but we knew, we knew that that was our underlying question is looking at the importance of the mother's well-being as much as the baby's well-being. And after you've done this, and also with your own work, both as a doula, but also being present at so many births as a photographer and videographer, mm. how, how broken is the system here in Australia? How far oh, from the ideal are we? It's so far from mm. the ideal, you know, and it's, there's, so, there's so many layers to it, but fragmented care is the basis of that brokenness. 
you know, women who are booked into um, women who are booked into most models of care see a different person every time they go, um, you know, to the hospital for their appointments. So they have to explain themselves over and over again. And then when they go into labour, they are with midwives who they've never met before and don't know their story. And they have to get to know each other very quickly and have to get to know their preferences very quickly. And, you know, that's not ideal, A, for the mothers and their partners. It's also not ideal for the caregivers. You know, the midwives aren't getting... There is, there, is a, there is a lot to be said about the satisfaction that midwives and doctors get from caring for women that they have a relationship with. Mm. It's, such a, it's such a big journey to go through with someone. And that, you know, and that, that is the core of my work as a doula is, you know, women know me intimately. I know them throughout their pregnancy and I'm with them through their births and I stay with them through their births and then I care for them in their postnatal period, that's what doulas do, you know? So it's, it's that, that is where the brokenness lies is that there is very little relationship based care, you know, and there, and there is a belief around um, private obstetrics, you know, that you are getting continuity of care and in some sense you are. However, that obstetrician is not with you throughout your labor. They're not there rubbing your back. They're not there, you know, answering your questions. They're not there through. They come in at the end. So it's a different kind of continuity of care to a midwife. And just to be clear here, because, you know, as you know, I have worked with thousands of mothers over the years now. Yes. And I recognise so clearly the level of trauma and shame and judgment we hold around the way we birthed our babies. Yes. Many, many women find these conversations triggering yes. because they feel that I had a cesarean with an obstetrician. Are you telling me I did it wrong? Mm. You know, we feel that um, conversations like this are only about all natural home birth, childbirth versus mm. the rest. Yes. And I'm really conscious of that in that conversation because I know that that's not what you're about and it's not what I'm about either. But I recognise that a lot of trauma and judgment and shame is there. So what do you say to those women? We're not talking about whether it's a cesarean or not. We're not talking about, I believe, how we have to get that baby out in the end to make sure that mother and baby are well. We're talking about the emotional ongoing well-being of the mother through the process of becoming a mother aren't we absolutely and so this 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 drive that we have around one-to-one -one midwifery care is we would love to see that in every model of care regardless of where or how you choose to birth your baby so we think that women who have a private obstetrician should also have continuity of midwifery care and that you know everyone from home birthing women through to women having elective caesareans deserve to have that care with them throughout the whole process. Because we know, you know, we know that no matter how you get your baby out, it's a massive journey. It's a massive journey regardless. And um, whether it all goes to plan as to whether you plan to birth at home or whether you plan an elective caesarean or whether it goes on a very different path to that, it's still a massive journey. And so having someone to walk that path with you 
And all the research says this, having someone walk that path with you helps you come out the other side. You might be disappointed, you might have big feelings around your birth, but it takes the trauma out of it often. And there's the difference. We want to, one in three women in this country come out of their birth feeling traumatized. And the, the other stat that goes alongside that is two thirds of those women, their trauma comes from how they were dealt with by their care providers. So things that were said and done to them through coercion, through lack of communication, through things being done to them that they hadn't consented to. So that's what we're trying to shift. One in three women coming out traumatized in their first steps into motherhood, it's madness. Oh, it's it's disgusting. It actually It's disgusting. Really and so angry. we so that's what we need to change. This is this has nothing to do with the way you birth your baby and the way, you know, or where you choose to birth your baby. We want women to birth their babies where they want to birth them, with whom they want to birth them, with, with who they want to have there. And just to be supported through that journey, whatever it is. Coming to it through my lens, which is of matrescence, I see that continuity of care with the midwife as, I mean, the spectacular Dana Raphael created, well, and formed these ideas around doula as having someone there as the voice for the mother and the advocate for the mother through the whole process as she becomes a mother and was also responsible for first coining the term matrescence. This is where it comes from, this idea that you need someone to be with you through this transition, to be both your advocate and voice and the place you can process what's happened and get your questions answered and mm. have someone help you wrap your belly after the birth and all of these things. So when I hear you talk about it, yes, it is about that birth outcome, but it's it's about that whole damn process that yes. we've missed. We've missed the becoming a mother part that this isn't about getting that baby out it's about her as well absolutely and the, and and there is so much research around that as well in terms of how the woman is supported through that process that launches her into motherhood and if we go back to zoe and her story she feels very she can see the stark difference between how she mothered her babies with how through the, the level of care that she had, you know, with her first, she, she feels um, very differently about how she mothered her first baby after that experience to how she mothered her second. Um, and so there, it, it, it is the launching pad. And I mean, in, in, in general maternity care at the moment, you might get a week of care through midwives. Or you might, you know, through your, you might get a one six-week appointment with your obstetrician to check your perineum and to check your uterus and to, you know, you don't have that relationship. You know, a privately practicing midwife, you get you get appointments right up until six weeks. Yeah. Daily at first and then weekly, you know, and you've got someone who knows the whole journey you've been on um, and can debrief and can help you in those steps into motherhood. And so you know, privately practicing midwives are not cheap and they're not accessible to everyone and there's not enough of them to go around. And that is not the answer. We're trying to find the solution of getting continuity of midwifery care in all, in all of our models. 
And what's the reaction been? You've just come back from the tour just in time mm. before you have your second baby. Yes. Obviously, in some parts of the industry and in some parts of the world, this conversation is welcomed and celebrated. But I know from my many years in the media as well, this conversation is dismissed as um, misguided and mm. at times even dangerous when you're bringing a documentary into the world confronting this, what's the reaction been? The reaction has been extraordinary, actually. It's been beyond, beyond everything we'd hoped and imagined, actually. We, um, one of the benefits of the COVID delay, we were, we were meant to release this film last April, and then it got pushed back 10 months. Um, one of the benefits of that is that we, we entered into a lot of international film festivals and of which we've now won 23 international awards for. And wow. yeah, it's wild. And, and one of the biggest, most affirming things about that is that we had people, you know, we knew, we knew that people who were passionate about birthing and about women and about outcomes of mothers and babies would love this film. We knew that. Yes. But when we entered into these international film festivals and we started getting selected and we started winning awards and we started winning best feature documentary in multiple festivals and we were then having interviews with the festival directors which they were then playing in q a's after the film was screened overseas they got it and that was one of the first really affirming things that we had was that these people these were film people often people that hadn't had their own children or that had and had had a variation of different experiences and they were feeding back to us the key messaging of what we were trying to get across. So that to us was extraordinary. You know, people overseas who were not in the birth world at all were absolutely getting it and, and seeing it reflected in their own communities and with the, the women and families that they knew. You know, everyone, everyone has connections to birth. Everyone was born. Everyone has friends who are, you know, if they haven't had babies themselves, they know people who, you know, it's, it's a story that, we're all connected to. And so that was extraordinary for us. Um, we've had unbelievable feedback. I mean, we had over a hundred, over a hundred screenings booked in before when we'd done, I think three screenings here in Sydney of our, of our Q and A tour, we suddenly had a hundred screenings booked around the country and it's just, it's just been received so well, you know, and I know, that there is also the flip side of it. There are people who actually won't even see it because of, they're frightened of how they're frightened of being triggered by it. And there is that resistance, like you say, in the media and of people who come from an angle who I think they have a preconception of our film potentially that it's all about home birth and it's all about everyone having a natural birth and it's, and it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not. We look, we, we follow women's journeys throughout and all of these women have very different outcomes. We follow birthing on country. So we follow the indigenous women and what's happening with them. You know, we're really looking at this from a, a holistic point of view in terms of what's happening really across the board in our country and how we can make it better. Yeah. And that's what I wanted everyone to hear as well. This, this is something that we all need to see. It's not casting a shadow on any 
ways that mothers bring their babies into this world. It's about how can we do it better so she feels empowered in the process. And as you said, and I alluded to, there will be some parts of the industry and the media that dismiss this, but it sounds like the impact this documentary is having is spreading further than ever before. And that's so exciting. So it is is really exciting. And I think that's the power of film, you know. We keep saying that all all of these study, all of this information is there. It's all in the research journals. It's all there. But that doesn't get absorbed. And people have, there have been people fighting this fight for decades. We are not, we are not forging this new path. We are just jumping in and we have created, we have created the message in a medium that people can absorb and people can take in. Um, And so I think that's where the power in it lies and the beautiful thing the best thing of the feedback we've been getting is that people come out of it they're surprised actually at how positive and how elated they come out feeling like this film yes it is heavy in parts but people like there is raucous laughter in this film as well Mm. people come out feeling full of hope Mm. and positive about change and that is really what we were aiming for Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think people, you know, can, especially people who've experienced trauma, you know, can maybe feel a bit frightened about delving into that. But I think it, it opens up a conversation and beautiful feedback from partners as well. You know, we cover the experience of partners in birth, which is often, well, is very not often talked about, you know, we don't often look at that, but the partners are traumatized as well. And we've had beautiful feedback from women saying, my goodness, my, my husband or my partner suddenly gets it. And he's now asking me about, you know, what my experience was and he or she is opening up about how that was for them in that space. And suddenly this gap that was in our relationship is starting to close because you've opened the conversation. So there's very, there's multiple levels to, mm. you know, what people can get out of this film. And then the ripple effect from that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm really proud Mama Rising and some of our Mama Rising facilitators, we're holding three screenings around Australia at the moment. There may be more, but for now it's Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne and all those details are in the show notes coming up really soon. If you haven't seen it and you're in one of those cities or you can travel to one of those cities right now, come join us and have conversations about this because this is what we need to be talking about. Jerusha, before you go, Mm. how far away do you think we are from the changes that we want to see? Oh, look, that depends on who you talk to. You know, some people in the film, Hannah Darlin says we could change it overnight if we valued women. (laughs) We could change it overnight. But obviously, you know, changing it overnight means it's a big, there is a lot to change. And I think essentially it comes down to funding. Um. So we are gearing up, you know, we're, like, we're hoping to line up a parliamentary screening. We're working at all levels. We want to get, you know, the, the consumers from the, from the ground up making a lot of noise. And also we're going high, we're going parliamentary lobbyists, you know, that, that level of trying to generate change from, from that, from, you know, from the funding point of view. Who knows, Amy? I, I, wish, I wish I had an answer to that. But we, we I mean... You know, finding politicians who have 
uh, empathy for this for this situation is going to be the first step, I think. You know, New Zealand, New Zealand changed their system. They had a female prime minister, Helen Clark, and they changed the way the funding what happened around maternity care. And they probably have it the best, um, you know, they don't pay their midwives enough. That is the biggest issue they've got in New Zealand. But the money goes to the woman and the woman chooses the care. Wow. Rather than the money being filtered through the hospitals and through the doctors, which is what it is here. Every woman in a public hospital is booked in under an obstetrician, under the name of, they might never meet that obstetrician, but that's how the hospital recovers funding. So the way New Zealand do it is that they attach the money to the woman and the woman chooses what care she wants. And so then the women are speaking with their feet. So that, you know, essentially is one way that we could change what we're doing here, but it's going to take a big shift in, um, how our politicians value this experience. Oh, I had instant tears when you said, if we value women, mm. change. Oh, and you know what? We also have the miracle of Madam Birth Time working mm. the magic around this too. So who we knows? Do, Amy, we do, Amy, we do. Thank you. I have, um, I have been in awe of how you and your fellow documentary makers have just shown such perseverance and resilience to keep on going. I remember you sharing this idea with me years ago, mm. taking one step in front of the other to get there. And now for it to be so recognized internationally, it is an honor to be able to host these screens and bring this out to everybody. Thank you for what you've done and good luck. Thank you so much, baby. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you for all you're doing in this field. It's so important. We're doing it together. We are, my love. Thank you. It is a great honour to share with you all that Mama Rising is supporting three screenings of birth time around Australia in April and May. Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne. Please check the show notes of this podcast. This is such an important topic. Bring your sisters, your girlfriends, your colleagues. Let's get this screening out there and have conversations about how we can better support the process of becoming a mother. Because if we get that first step right, if she feels empowered, if she feels heard, even if nothing goes to plan, If someone can sit with her and advocate for her and make her feel understood, we can change her experience of motherhood. Until next week, Satnam. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.